It's Cofield and Company, live on the road. Cosmopolitan, Mountain Conference Football Media Day, Cofield, JVT. It's John Von Tobel, he of VSIN. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota studios. Jeff is helping us out here at the Cosmopolitan. Let's get to it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. Coming up in less than 20, first posted betting numbers, like official posted betting numbers based on a lot of the picks from the Kraken. I can't wait for John to tell you about that. And then Darren Waller, tight end of uh, the Raiders, is up around 530. John, I don't know about your household, but I got to tell you, the return of the masking is not going over well in my house. I, I live with someone, it's my girlfriend, uh, who is in a good mood like 99% of the time. She was on fire this morning. I'm like, if a customer gets out of line with her, someone's head is going to get ripped off. Oh, like asking customers to do more of the masking? Because she works in a, an intimate environment. She has to be masked up now, yeah. starting tomorrow yeah. again. No, I think it's more of uh, customers coming in who don't have to wear a mask and then complaining and then you know going on some kind of diatribe. I would be really careful around her right now. And I'm sure that's a lot of the service employees around Las Vegas who are livid. Now, who they're livid at, that's interesting. But we're, we're back in it. China. At least through August 17th. It could be. You're right. It could be. Sleepy Joe. You guys okay? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're it, 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 was, it was uncomfortable this morning. So we are actually, we're, we when we go out, we still mask up, like target, things like that. Throw on the cloth. Um, but it's also because we have had a, a minor scare, not for us personally. Yep. You know, my, my stepfather got the Delta variant. He's fully vaccinated. He got it. Oh, right. A uh, member of her family out in California. Got it. Fully vaccinated. And, and Isabel is also pregnant, so we're just being extremely cautious. And we go out, still wearing a mask, you know, doing our thing, whatever. So, but we don't—I don't really mind too much. What do you think thing. this means for big events and especially sports? Like UFC's got two cards coming up this weekend <laughs> and uh, next weekend. Is this going to alter a lot of things? <laughs> Are events going to be canceled? You're laughing. Oh, <laughs> I'm just—that's uh, serious. <laughs> it's a serious question. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, I know. I know. It, it's ridiculous, but it's not going to affect anything. When it comes to sporting events, we're we're past it. it it's done. It's over. Yeah. People are going to be out. Did you see the Deer District yesterday? Oh my Good God. God, that was unbelievable. <laughs> they were just they, they weren't even shoulder to shoulder. They were fused with one another. It was insane. <laughs> Sixty five thousand people. So now you think the the MMA community is going to be like, I perfectly understand this entire situation. I think I'm going to mask up for the safety of others around me. I can't even say it without laughing. Number four. John, the votes are in. The picks around the Mountain West. Football West. And Mountain. I always forget the name of the other division. Uh, Boise pick first in the Mountain. Reno, actually, a strong choice over San Jose State. UNLV, only 26 votes. Last place in the West. Outrageous. Makes sense. Uh, it does, based on the biggest question on the roster, and that is at the quarterback position. Which is like every year with this team. It seems. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I I think I've gotten the years feeling a lot better. Well, maybe the fans. I'm not going to say Marcus Arroyo doesn't feel good about it because he. I actually think he does because if he didn't, then he would have done something pretty obvious, and that is hit the transfer market. So he believes right. in these guys in this mix of quarterbacks. But that is the big question on the team because I think they're better 
across the board at multiple positions. They've got a bell cow running back who is going to have a better year. They're going to be improved, but that position has to be at least serviceable. You're right. And look, I, I want to be clear. Like, I think there are things to like about this team as well, right? You have mentioned Charles Williams, uh, what, Kyle Williams, who won, was a freshman of the year last year in the Mount West. Like, there are a lot of things to like about this team. I know you and I sat there together in the Fresno State game over at Allegiant last year, and I told you how much I've enjoyed watching Adam Plant play defense, right? There, there are a lot of things that I think there's to like about this roster from a personnel standpoint. But I'm just curious, when you look at the fact that you open the season with a very solid Eastern Washington team, when non-conference opponents include Arizona State and Iowa State on your UTSA, who's going to be pretty good this year as well, right? When you take on conference opponents, like the big boys, you get San Jose State, you get Nevada, you get San Diego State. Like When I look at everything across the board and the questions that we have about this team, you hope to see improvement on a game-to-game basis, but from a record standpoint, it might be a little bit more of the same, and it's going to take you really watching these games to see the improvement that this team makes if there is improvement. And you mentioned the rough part. You're coming out with a uh, young mix at quarterbacks, yep. uh, you know, inexperienced, and a team that's going to try to mesh with a bunch of you know transfers and, and freshmen, whatever you want to call them, redshirt freshmen, and then right out of the gates at Arizona State, home against Iowa State. Yep. Eastern Washington, too, with you know dangerous dangerous spot there as well. And my Lobos got to go on the road. You love you love. Why do you love them? Just because of the effort last year, the surprise element of the Lobos a year ago. So I'm going to say something that I think you're going to understand. My love for New Mexico. There we go. Danny Gonzalez. Yeah, he is my new Eric Musselman. I was so impressed. I was so impressed with New Mexico last year really? and what they were able to do. The competitive nature, everything in terms of right working out in hotel ballrooms out here, playing at Sam Boyd Stadium, and still showing improvement and winning their last two games. And I like everything that, like, there's a lot to like about that roster, too. I'm in. Danny Gonzalez, my new Eric Musselman. I will be watching them. Number three. We'll get to the title winner here in a second. Bucks win it. CP3 does not. Where's he going to get this title? I mean, I don't think he's going to get a title. I, I think he goes back to Phoenix. Why wouldn't you? Lakers, Clippers, Nets. I mean, he could go to Phoenix. Why Denver? would he go to the I don't think he's going to the Nets. I mean, like... So Denver's intriguing. No, I mean, Denver's kind of intriguing because they're good, but I just don't know if he gels with what they're doing, right? Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, two ball-dominant guys in their own right. How in the world is that going to work with a guy like Chris Paul? I think he just goes back to Phoenix. Like, why would you leave the team that made it to the NBA Finals? Now, I would personally argue that the road is going to be a lot tougher this time around. You are not going to be able to avoid Anthony Davis, Jamal Murray, and Kawhi Leonard again in a playoff run like they were able to do this year. But I don't know. I don't see why you don't run it back if you're the Phoenix Suns. What do the Suns have to add? I, th- I I don't even think it's so much about adding. I mean, they need a little bit more depth, right? Their depth kind of killed them in this postseason. And look, Dario Saric getting hurt that sucks. Uh, but you need a little bit more quality depth when it goes forward. But the reason they lost this series, Steve, was because of the way they play basketball. Right? It's a jump shooting team. It's a team that relies on mid range shooting that doesn't have a presence within four feet of the basket. And they got destroyed at the rim, both offensively and defensively. There's no answer for Giannis, so I guess you don't feel too bad about that. But the reason why they lost is because they are a team that is relying on mid-range shooting when the offense got bogged down. Milwaukee was just snatching missed shots off of those rebounds and destroying them in transition. So I think it was just a a symptom of the way that they played basketball. And unless Chris Paul is going to change the way he plays, if he's going to become a north-south attack off the bounce type point guard, then I think you kind of get the same result as you move forward. Number two. 
Here we go. Here we go. I'll read you an Arash Markazi tweet about the Suns next year. Do the Suns get past the Lakers with Anthony Davis? Oh, this is about this year in the playoffs. Do the Suns get past the Nuggets with Jamal Murray? Do the Suns get past the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard? I feel like we've always got this but, 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 but. Folks, this is part of the scenario, right? If you're the Lakers and you agree to trade lots of capital and make AD as one of your central figures, knowing his injury history, when he gets injured, you can't then go, oh, well, AD got hurt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's what you signed up for. And I'm not saying Kawhi Leonard, well, you didn't know he's a risk to freaking tear his knee, but he's missed a lot of games in his career. The Nuggets and Jamal Murray, that was, you know, we didn't know that was going to happen. But these excuses, like, and I know you just said, hey, it's going to be a lot tougher to get through the West next year. The, the the butts all the time about the teams that reach the finals, cut it out. Yeah. Look, I think that I have been on record, and I have said it here, and I will say it again. If Kawhi Leonard is healthy, the Clippers are thrashing the Phoenix Suns. Absolutely. I, I say that without a doubt in the Western Conference Final. But, it, like, it's not – you don't say it to take away from the fact that they won the games that they were supposed to, they won the series that they were supposed to, and they made it to the NBA Finals. And by the way – Yes, they lost the finals, but they were up to nothing for a reason over the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals. So to you know, to sit there and go, ah, it doesn't count this run. No, like no. Yes, it can be part of the story. I would agree with that. And like when you bring up a conversation about the Phoenix Suns, and when we get past this point years and years down the road, sure you can bring it up, but don't. It's not to denigrate what they did. They still won those series. They still looked phenomenal at times throughout the postseason. I just think we do this all the time with all these guys. And, again, like, it's just you won the title. So, for the Milwaukee Bucks standpoint, it's theirs. But for the Suns, they won the Western Conference. Just let them have it. Number one. So many myths debunked with the Bucks winning the title. What's your favorite thing that got debunked? I just think everything about Giannis. That, that's my favorite stuff. Ken, like Kendrick Perkins calling it, saying that, and many, not just Kendrick Perkins, uh, he was the one of note, right, saying that, ah, no, Giannis is a, he's a, he's a Robin. You need another player. Maybe Chris Middleton's the best player on that team. He can close. He can create. Giannis <laughs> isn't going to win things, right? You can't win with a post, all those things. No. Giannis was able to do it. Giannis is an incredible player. He is what, he is one of the best basketball players in the NBA now and, and of all time that we have seen. He's one of the greater players that I have seen in my lifetime. Again, in my lifetime, let's specify. He's fantastic. And everything around Giannis getting debunked and slammed to their face, I loved every second of it. How about the smaller markets can't win a title? Well, that too, right? Love it. (laughs) Right, that's the other thing, right, too, because you get, well, Phoenix isn't a small market, but Milwaukee is, but you get Milwaukee Bucks in there against the Phoenix Suns. I will. Milwaukee, Minnesota, Sacramento, Memphis, Orlando. And by the way, some of those I'm mentioning are not small markets. Minnesota's not a small market, but it's like, you know, the, the league is boring. Because those those cities can never win a title. Bullcrap. And here's the thing. What's the common thread about most of those other than Memphis? They are very poorly run franchises. Yep. It's not that they're small market. It's yep. that the people that are making decisions have no idea what they're how, doing. How would you feel in Sacktown right now if they'd actually taken Luca? Right. That's on you. That's not That's not some limitation the market presents. Oh, man, we're Sacramento. We can't take the transformative European player coming over from Eastern Europe. Like, come on, dude. What are we doing? So, I like, that is the one. I will say, 
I'm going to push back a little bit on something. Because Giannis did the thing at the end of the game, you know, we did this the right way, and he slammed right. the table. I wanted to see if that annoyed you, because that annoyed me, because you know, uh, especially non-NBA fans, haters, and some around, you know, some of the hardcore NBA fans complain all the time about the super teams. I mean, he can say whatever he wants, but that was like one of the favorite things of a lot of fans after the game, and it irked me a little bit. Yeah, because uh, remember when they drafted Drew Holiday? I remember that fondly. Exactly. That was a lot of fun, right? Right. We it's did. We did it all on our own, except for the major player you added in a major <laughs> trade. I well, I bet. But to be fair, Steve, when they drafted Bobby Portis, that was that was great too. Right. I remember that right. one too. Right. But right. The, I mean, really, what took it away though? I mean, Brooke Lopez has been there for like twelve years, right? I mean, that, that was, it's been great watching Brooke Lopez develop as a player into a key guy for the Milwaukee Bucks since they drafted him. They, like, stop. Yes, Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo were two guys that were acquired very early in their career, specifically Giannis, where he was drafted and he was developed by that, st- by that franchise. It is great. But stop acting like you didn't acquire a very massive piece to push you over the edge. You upgraded in an insane way, kicking Eric Bledsoe to the curb for Drew Bledsoe, and you shipped off a lot of pieces to do it. Let's pump the brakes. They're 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 big three make north of what like eighty million dollars combined, right? Yeah, there's a lot, it's a lot of money. So that's the other thing. Like those, they make a lot of money. Now here's the next step too with Milwaukee. This is not the little engine that could. Those owners are billionaires, and they were handed most of that arena for free. Yeah. Now it's time to act like a franchise like you like like fans and media demand in those other places. You know, Milwaukee hates so much. Operate this thing like Giannis should win five of these. Mm-hmm. And if they don't win next year, then you go and add players of a super high level. I mean, if if the mentality would be the same as, you know, some Laker fans. Now, a lot may not want CP3, but immediately people are like, hey, we need to upgrade. Or, you know, we need to go after Dame Lillard. That's the way the Bucks should be thinking. Right. They should be operating like the Vegas Golden Knights. Why wouldn't they? They're, 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 they're building this whole thing around you know, multiple 20-somethings who are, you know, just going into their prime, yeah, win multiple titles. And here's the thing, bringing back the conversation to the asterisk and whatever, the Nets performed extremely well in the first two games of that series against the Milwaukee Bucks when they were relatively healthy. It's not to say that that series plays out the exact same way as we watched the Phoenix Suns win two double-digit games in games one and two at home and then went on to lose the series. They're not that far away from Brooklyn. I think they are already better than Philadelphia at this point right now. So step on the throat now, right now, right now. Because so that's the, the other thing is those other those other places are not going to stand pat. Of course, and Dame Lillard is available. I'm not saying the Bucks should get him, but someone, one of their competitors might might get him, like Philly, and yep. then it's a whole new ball game. Um, I'll also let, let's pump the brakes on this one. Everyone becomes prisoner of the moment, and I'm actually maybe this is a troll job. I don't know what to believe and what not to believe with a lot of the you know the big time radio host out there. We we love the herd on this show. At least I'll speak for myself. He tweeted out last night, it's now officially Giannis League. Everyone else get in the back seat. He's driving it now. Stop. Stop. Uh, I love Giannis. Stop. but uh, Kevin Durant's the best player in the world. Right. And if his team is healthy next year, they're one of the favorites. Stop. He's not. He. And again, I don't expect. It, it's so funny. The, again, prisoner of the moment. We're at the beginning of the Nets Buck series. And Kevin Durant is destroying the Bucks, and people are basically calling Giannis a pansy and a non-alpha because he was like, well, you know, he's going to get his. He didn't say it like that. And now a month and a half later, it's like, it's his league. Like, <laughs> stop. 
Correct. Yeah, I would agree with that. I love Giannis. I think he's one of the best players in the league, obviously, after what we just watched him do, especially after that injury. Uh, Kevin Durant is still alive and breathing, and yes. he is, and that team is still going to be favored to win this whole thing over the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll see what the Bucks do in the offseason, but this is still KD's league. And both you and I are going to root real hard, and I don't know if offseason conditioning is going to make the difference, but James Harden's got to take the offseason very seriously. It's a short one. Don't get all lumpy. Figure out what's going on with injury issues because if he's healthy, they're a free, you saw it. They're a freaking monster. I uh, see, but I'm gonna I'm gonna argue a little bit here only because like uh, all of a sudden James Harden is injury prone. Like James Harden is an Iron Man. James Harden regularly plays in 70 games a year. James Harden is a dude whose usage rate is insane and plays a majority of seasons, right? And so now, because of one year in which he gets well, it's kind up, of important, though. It's, it's well, last well, year. Right. No, I know, but I get that. And he and ballooned so, up to like 240 pounds, had to get himself in shape. Okay, but There's Kevin, no excuse for it. Okay, so Kevin Durant uh, pulled his hamstring, too. It was out for two months. Is he out of shape? We know Kevin Durant's not out of shape. Right, so what we I'm saying saw, is we maybe saw what was, Harden looked like in Houston, and he was puffy. He always looks like that, though. He was he, extra puffy. He, no, he always looks like that. Because Harden did what he did in Houston, all of a sudden we yeah, want to find negatives. What, of, what, what an apologist you are. How am I an apologist? Where he's, am I wrong? I saw you typing. Did you go look up his game logs and his stats? No, I was looking at his weight. Okay. I was making sure that 240 was actually go, uh, go a to, jump up in his weight. Go to basketball reference and look at all the games no, that he starts I, every I, year. I don't care about the past years. I know he's getting older and that he needs to take it seriously and make sure that he's in shape next year for my Nets when he comes in. Right. But they are like I will not tolerate this out of shape stuff. But Me, I, I, yes, him, no. I keep hearing just because he because uh, he pulled his hamstring that he was out of shape. Kevin Durant pulled his hamstring. Does that mean he's out of shape well, too? One has a belly, the other doesn't. <laughs> no, see, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> and and Harden I'm is, body shape. Harden has always been a thick bodied guy. It is to take I the mean, wear and tear and the pounding that. that he has that he takes in the regular season. I love his lower trunk. God, you you are. Can we be? Can anyone in the world be critical of James Harden just a little bit? Well, you can, but like, come from a place of logic. <laughs> like, like, do you know how many times this year somebody's called him injury prone? And I'm like, he, like, look at the games that he has started. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, he's got to get in shape. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's fine. But come on, man. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570 9000. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live on the road. You know, John, we were just talking about all the ridiculous stuff that comes out after, you know, the euphoric mood of winning an NBA title. Some of it, of course, tries to push back and ruin the joy, but a lot of it is just over-the-top nonsense. I also thought this was funny from a tweeter who said, uh, the, quote, face of the league discourse is so weird to me. Like, are you trying to get hired by the NBA's marketing department? Like, it's this weird, it's this weird thing. Well, he's now the face of the league. Who cares? Right. I mean, the face of the league. Right now, no one is the face of the league because there is no Jordan, and LeBron has, you know, backslid a little bit. You, you have to give us the numbers. So the expansion draft, all the picks were leaked. I, I, don't, I don't understand. This is ridiculous with the NHL. Uh, the only numbers I saw about two months ago had the Kraken at 67.5 points over under. Some of the books are starting to, you know, now that they see what the roster could be. What are the numbers? Uh, Bet Rivers, you, you can find in other jurisdictions like Indiana, Colorado, all that stuff. 
Seattle Kraken, regular season points, 94 and a half. That's <laughs> completely, shaded? that is crazy to me. Shaded to the over. What do you think? <clears throat> um, look, I don't know much um, in terms of like hardcore hockey analysis and evaluation of rosters. Uh, the general consensus of licking the finger and testing the wind says that this is going to be a quality team. The Knights, <clears throat> excuse me, the year in which they were uh, hashtag not a mate. Oh, my God, Steve. He's losing it. I ate a peanut before we came on the air. He's losing it. Look at him. He's losing it. I ate a peanut. Oh. He's losing it. All right, we'll have to reset. we got to come no, back. back. I don't back. think you're going to be able to clear it. No, I'm back. I'm back. I don't think you can clear it. I'm back. I, I cleared the oh, This is the, the ultimate <clears throat> test on radio. We had a disaster here on Radio Row. Our buddy Nate Kreckman, uh, we're at the Cosmopolitan Mountain West Conference Football Media Day. Uh, Kreckman, in front of a coach, oh, no. uh, gaffed on just drinking water oh, no. and went into a coughing fit. Oh, no. That's the and, and you're you're eating peanuts during the break? Yeah, it was a nightmare. Now, I really, I'm trying to delay as long as possible. No, I don't here. think you can do it. Really quickly. Go ahead. Go uh, for a minute. The year of hashtag not a major, the Knights had 93 points that year. So 94 and a half gives you an idea of what this team would be in terms of betting odds. He's losing it. 94 and a half. No, I was laughing. No, it's no, crazy. 94 and a half seems really high. So I would go under, yes. On the way back, we're going to talk to Darren Waller. He's got a big event coming up. Actually, he's got multiple big events coming up. He's part of the Battle for Vegas softball game on Saturday, and then he's got a youth football camp that's going on at the All-American Park. That is tomorrow night. Uh, 7 to 9 o'clock, so uh, Darren's going to tell us all about that and also give us a little season preview on the Raiders. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Now back to Cofield & Company, live on the road. Cofield & Company. So we're back here uh, talking some important stuff, talking a little Raiders football as the tight end of the Raiders. Darren Waller is on the horn. Darren, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you doing today? I'm good. Where are you right now? You're the road warrior. I'm uh, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia right now. I'm flying back to Vegas tonight. Okay. So what were you doing in Atlanta? Uh, this is where I spend uh, the last bit of the summer every year. It's where I grew up. So I do my training here and then hit the road for camp. Yeah, what is it like down the stretch trying to kind of manage the excitement for uh, the coming season but also get a little uh, relaxing in uh, down the stretch? Um. I mean, it's just, you know, appreciating the process in every stage of it, um, not being too excited and trying to work, you know, overexert yourself to the point where, you know, you do too much before you get to the season and also not sitting on your butt and, you know, just waiting for the season to come. Just find that happy medium and knowing that every single part of the process leading up to the season is important and there's no need to rush anything or, uh, or just sit around and do nothing. Darren Waller, tight end. Raiders up with Cofield and company. So when you come back, you get right to it, but not necessarily, uh, you know, uh, with the Raiders. But on the field, in some ways, you got a youth football camp going down tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, youth camp tomorrow night, uh, All American Park. Uh, looking forward to having fun with the kids. You know, working on fundamentals. Uh, you know, sharing a bit, little bit of my story and just you know having fun, just preaching the importance of you know, having a positive attitude and always being willing to learn. So it, it should be a good time. Yeah, the camp tomorrow is at All American Park, right there near uh, Buffalo. And Charleston, it's in partnership with the Mayor's Fund, the City of Las Vegas, and the uh, Howard Hughes Corporation is backing it. Talk about how you put it together in terms of, you know, who's invited out to the camp. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was something that we wanted to look and see, you know, how could we get involved with some families that, you know, may not have the funds to necessarily do certain
certain levels of training or have access to certain levels of resources. We wanted to be able to bring them out and to allow them to, to have a good time and to, and to learn the game and let them know that, you know, we care about them, you know, uh, that, you know, we're trying to help them in whatever situations that they're in and help them, you know, cope with their experiences in a better way and no better way to do that than to get out and uh, play some football. Yeah, you uh, you talk about uh, kids that are invited who are at risk or uh, vulnerable, but it's not necessarily just to drug addiction. And, you know, you, you tell your story, but I, I think vulnerability can be really anything, right, in terms of family background, the neighborhood you grew up in, uh, all those things, right? Yeah, yeah, it comes in uh, many different forms. Uh, no one thing is, you know, more tragic than the other because it's all – ends up being someone's personal story at the end of the day, and we want them to know that that matters. So whatever their circumstances, whatever they need help with, whatever they need guidance in, uh, we don't want to exclude anyone out from, you know, seeing their situation get better. When you were a kid, and we're talking to Darren Waller, did you get to experience anything like this, or was this, like, out of the realm completely? Did you ever get to hang around some pro athletes and role models? Um, no, I didn't. Uh, this was that's funny to think about now, because, like, yeah, I didn't go to any pro players camp or – have the option to, you know, talk to them, have a conversation with them, laugh with them, and you yeah. know, just see the human side of them. So this is a pretty cool experience being on the other side of that and being able to offer that to somebody else. I know that uh, it would mean a lot to them because it would have meant a lot to me as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, you get better feedback from the kids themselves, and in this case it's kids that are uh, grades 3 to 8, or do you actually get um, more, you know, relatable feedback from their parents? Um. I want, yeah, I want to know what the kids think, you know, because yeah. they'll, uh, they'll be honest with you. Yeah. So, uh, if there's something that they don't like doing there, they won't hesitate to let you know or it'll be all over their face. So uh, just about, you know, engaging them and not necessarily just telling them things to do or what they need to do, but, you know, getting to know them, getting to know their situation and letting them know that they're not alone. They're not the first person to navigate uh, whatever they're going through in life. So just getting on the same page with them, letting them know that we're on their side, not just a point of finger at them. So you said uh, you get ready, you know, close to the season in Atlanta every year. We're talking football season, right? Not softball season, because I know you got a big softball game going down on Saturday. Uh, no, yes, it's uh, been all all football training. You know, going out for the sophomore game, it'll just be me going with whatever raw swinging and throwing abilities I have. So uh, yeah, it's been all football training. Do you have those abilities? Uh, I played baseball up until there you go. Right around, right around I ended high school, so uh, we'll see if that sticks around any. Uh, I played in a in a uh, slow pitch softball league with uh, some of my high school buddies when I was out the league that year. Oh, really? So, uh, I swung a bat then, but I mean, I'm not stepping out there putting up Otani numbers or anything. Well, no one's asking you to do Otani, but I mean, you you probably have a shot at taking one out of the park. Uh, maybe I'm more of a gap. I was more of a gap. You're a gap hitter. <laughs> At six six two fifty, you're a gap hitter. Oh shoot! When I was back then, that was that was five seven. Oh, okay, one thirty. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, do you know how competitive the other guys on the Raiders are, and if there's someone who's like uber, you know, great at softball? Um, I saw Henry Rhodes stat line from uh, when he played in Jarvis Landry's sophomore game, and yeah. he was like four for four with like nine RBIs or something. So. <laughs> My early bet is Henry Ruggs for MVP. He's kind of competitive, isn't he? I mean, yeah, he's got to be one of the best athletes yep. out there. I mean, great basketball player, uh, top-line bowler, softball player. I mean, not to mention football. 
Yeah, I saw that, the bowling. That drove me nuts because I'm, uh, you know, I'm not the most athletic guy, Darren, let's be honest here. And I'm a decent bowler, but when I saw Ruggs, I was like, come on, he's even better than me at bowling? Yeah, he's probably that guy that comes to the bowling alley with a suitcase. Yep. And uh, <laughs> has five different balls in it and just locked in. So I don't ever want to go bowling with him. Uh, we got Darren Waller on the horn. He's uh, involved in the uh, Battle for Vegas softball game. It's brought to you by Dollar Loan Center. You can still get tickets at Ticketmaster.com. That's on Saturday. That's a 7.30 start. Home run derby at 6.30. And then he's got his big football camp, his youth football camp tomorrow at All-American Park. Before we get you out of here, i got to ask you a, a couple of questions about the Raiders. Um, first of all, uh, Mark Bedane is leaving the organization. I have no idea what the relationship is with like a president of the organization and the players. Can you tell us, is there a relationship, and how do you feel about Mark moving on? Um, I mean, it's not somebody you're around a whole bunch of the time, but I do see him a lot in the cafeteria or, you know, I remember when we first came out to the stadium uh, when the, they were breaking ground and, you know, announced when the Raiders moved to Nevada and you get a just for how involved in, you know, him really being the brains behind the entire transition and the move. And, uh, I mean, he was always really nice to us as players and really engaging and, you know, cared about you as a person. So uh, seeing him go, is, uh, is well, he'll be missed for sure. So you're coming back to Vegas. we got a little situation going on here, Darren, as we're uh, throwing the mask back on because of a little bit of a rise in COVID. And I just wonder how you guys are feeling and where you guys are as an organization. You know, you talk to the players about the vaccine situation and getting to that 85%. So how are you feeling right now is uh, it's not going to be like last year. It'll be better, but we certainly don't want to go back to have any of the protocols that we had to do last year. Yeah, uh, yeah, just this whole COVID thing has always been tricky. Um, we're a little further along than we were last year with having guys vaccinated, but, I mean, the COVID delta or whatever it is, is looking like it doesn't really care about all that. It can still strike you. So uh, it's just, you know, trying to abide by the rules as best as possible. And uh, hopefully, you know, we're still able to have a, you know, as close to a full football atmosphere with fans and everybody there as possible. But uh, I guess we just got to see how it goes day to day. Was there one thing last year, one element of the restrictions that you're like, I do not want to do that again? Like, what was the most disruptive thing that you guys had to do when you were, you know, having to play around COVID? Um, I would say the day-to-day test. Uh, well, I mean, the day-to-day testing kind of turned into, like, brushing your teeth at the end of the day. But it was, uh, you know, they, they wouldn't let us go anywhere for the bye week last year. So that yeah. was that's a, a chance for a lot of guys to recharge and kind of, get away for a little bit, but we had to stay in town and test every day. So I would say that was yeah. the most, uh, like, where it's like, man, what the heck? <laughs> what about the virtual meetings? Um, Yeah, virtual meetings are kind of tough. I mean, I feel like anybody that works from home by themselves, it's like you can just kind of drift a little bit. But, yeah. um, you know, we'd rather have in-person meetings and you just feel the energy of the room. But uh, it definitely having the Zoom meetings puts the onus on you as an individual and how much you're studying and how much you're putting into the game. So I feel like there's a lesson in that, even though it may not be the most ideal thing, it teaches you that, hey, I got to be on my P's and Q's myself. I can't wait for to have a coach snapping at me to get me to stay focused. I got I to gotta be locked in myself. Darren Waller's with us. We'll wrap up on uh, this. I don't know if you saw, but uh, Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey on, I think it was part of the NFL 100, paid you some high compliments and was just talking about what an amazing athlete you are and said, uh, you know, it's like a Clydesdale running down the field with the, the speed. But he also pointed out that you run routes like a wide receiver. I've never had a chance to ask you this. Do you do you hang out more with the offensive line or are you more with the receiver group? Um, I mean, if I'm hanging out, like I'm, I, spread, I spread out between both of them. Yeah. Um, and then – in practice, I mean, you know, we do 
combination blocks with the with the O line, and uh, and then I'll see whatever the receivers are doing their individual period, and I'll kind of do their drills uh, when when special teams breaks off, so I can uh, stay busy and stay sharp. So I'm always, you know, picking stuff between both of those uh, groups, so I can just continue to grow as a player. You got some early impressions on Andre James and especially Alex Leatherwood. Um, yeah, Andre James just from the meetings and, you know, the calls as far as blisses and what he's seeing, he seems to be uh, very in control, uh, very confident in his uh, his knowledge of fronts and blitz looks. And then uh, Alex Leatherwood looks very explosive, very really? you know, fast, very, you know, and just very dialed in as a rookie. He's not really, his mind's not really all over the place. He's not, you know, goofing around a whole lot. He's very serious from what I've seen so far. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he grows. Well, Darren, we appreciate the time. You're a good guy and all these charitable efforts, man. They make a, a big difference, and we're really excited to uh, you know, see what happens uh, tomorrow with uh, the youth football camp. That's a really nice thing to do for Las Vegas. Hey, man, I'm just trying, just trying to do my part, man. It's, uh, it's great to be in the city. Thanks, Darren. We appreciate it. All right, thanks, Steve. Appreciate you. The show never ends. Watch the Cofield & Company Late Night Pod tonight at 9 o'clock on YouTube or at Steve Cofield on Twitter. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Well, that was one of the worst eating incidents I've ever seen unfold on Cofield and Company. Uh, John Von Tobel around 525, coming back from a break. Peanut issue. Nope. Uh, and you you just don't realize when you do radio when you get a nut stuck, and you really try to push it out. And I saw what happened to John. He he was on the verge of tears because you just get that your voice gets all high and you're losing it. So we saved you. Uh, did you eventually? Well, I guess you cleared it, but the entire time we were talking to Darren Waller, you weren't around. So I guess you cleared it then. Did you vomit because you changed your shirt? Uh, no, this is just my uniform for my job later. I am uh, on the 7 to 10 show, baby, on VSIN with Stormy Bonatoni. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. More company. Well, Stormy's not really company. More of a company takeover on VSIN. Oh, Sounds weird. Doesn't seem right. Adam Hill reunited with Mitch Moss, taking over Follow the Money. Very popular with people on Twitter as well. In his little coat. Yeah. Does he have multiple jackets or not? I don't think so. Well, you know, I told him the guy to model because uh, you got to, you know, you're, you guys are on uh, on video there uh, a lot more than we are. You have to. I told Adam you have to model your attire after Mark Spears in the NBA. I, I, right, media I'm guy. Failing to. I know who it is, but I'm failing. To oh, you've, ne- you've never seen him. Oh, uh, I've seen him, but I, like I'm failing to recall a, a consistent theme with his. Well, word. I'm just talking about size wise. Big fella. Oh, He's okay. Mark appears. Because Stephen A is not little, I think Stephen A is probably six one, six one and a half. Oh yeah. And Where's Spe- Spears appears to be six seven, four hundred. But he his jackets are massive and they look good. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, it's what you do, man. It's the route I went. The jackets I bought for work, a little bit bigger on me, but comfy. You sit down, you look good. No you're, bunching around the shoulders. You're also a fluctuator. I am. Uh, do you have jackets down to 44 up to what, 54? Um, no, I, well, I don't know the sizing. Well, but how big uh, is your jacket? What do you mean you don't know your sizing? I don't know. I just put them on. If they fit, then I buy them. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I got no idea. 
Do you have some that you, if you put them on and and tried to button them or put the arms together, oh, yeah. you would shred them? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I used to like, like I said, when I was at like, well, I guess my peak would be my lowest, but like when I was at my peak fitness, yeah, I, I bought you into got way it. way down, man. I did, and I bought into it. I, you know, any like shirts I have that like, you know, like, like hugged my delts, you know what I mean? And like we're doing all sorts of stuff. And, and now? And then now I got to, now I'm a dad. <laughs> and those are in the, that's it. I'm those are, those are in the back of the closet. And then when I go to the gym, like I worked out today, and I go, I'm going to wear you guys one day. I'm going to wear you again. It's good. It's good motivation. Uh, do you make sure not to lift too much because you don't want to be too bulky? You want to be kind of thin and stringy? Uh, yeah, we're going with the – we're cutting first. You got to cut first. Yeah, don't want to lift. Okay. And that's going, that's going okay? Yeah. So far. All right. Well, you look great. Thanks, man. With, the, your, with, your, with your fresh shirt on. The shirt. Your slimming shirt. Blue's not too slimming. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Do we have any reports yet on Olympic food? We're always concerned about everything around the Olympics, the amenities. Yesterday we had a long conversation about cardboard beds, which I want one. Yeah, or the uh, the Olympian who was showing that he could totally smush in the bed by jumping on it up and down. Did you see this? Amazing. <laughs> well, they they you, they hold four hundred and forty pounds. Yeah, that's that's two actually that's actually three very fit human beings. Can was that show sports science? Do they still do it? I I think that if they do, it's like the last time when I saw it wasn't a show. It was like a YouTube special. Like they put clips out, but I don't think they. Mm. I actually have a show revolving around it. Anymore. Would they ever do sports science? Can you smush in a cardboard bed with like two robots and like one just jackhammering the other with like like how much power would have to go through to break the bed? <laughs> that are like this is what it's like to have sex when you're in shape. <laughs> that would be fascinating. I don't know what that's like. Do you? For one brief moment, have very you, brief. I was going to say, like, have you had a moment in your life where, like, man? Ooh, I'm athletic. Yeah. How do you think I got? How do you think I got my son? <laughs> that, that was the well. You got another well. Do we announce this or not? I don't know what's going on. We did. Okay. I, we I did actually, announce it. Yeah, we were talking about the masks. I said my wife is pregnant. Boy, this is a I like. I'm having Ooh. thoughts, and I'm like, I gotta stop. Big day next Monday. You want to know what it is? All right. What do we do? You play the sounder to move on, or you want to hear it? Oh, I have a guess, but I'll let him go. Yeah. Good. Well, what's the guess? You're going to burn down 22,000 acres uh, in a gender reveal? Like We're not going to burn down good. acres, but a loaded good. comment. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the, yes, tomorrow or next Monday, we find out the uh, the gender of our future Von Tobel. Uh, I'm going to make a prediction. I feel like you're you're a male making machine. That's what the consensus is. I, I have Tobel a feeling you're, you're going to, if you keep going, you're going to have like a, a gaggle. You're not going to be Philip Rivers, who I think had he has like a boy or two boys out of his thirteen kids. Yeah, or eleven. The consensus thought is that it's going to be another boy. I think you're too much of a disciplinarian right now. You're you're too much of a hard ass to have a little girl. You're kind of mean, dude. And so I'm such a disciplinarian, and thus the genetic makeup of my sperm has been altered, and then it's all male. <laughs> Stick your hand in there, Dave. I've got an under for you, completely unrelated to a jackhammer smashing. In a uh, in a bed, or are you it's procreating? Good, it's good grab bag. Did you see that Nick Rolovich will not be at Pac-12 Media Day next week? That's on Tuesday. He's not vaccinated. Ooh. He said, it's my decision. I'm not going to comment on this anymore. Okay. Wazoo, under six wins. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just Seriously. Him. It's just him. It's not like. Okay, well, what? Who's in charge of convincing everyone you got to get this done? That's a good point. Dude, I know. Dude, an- analytics. 
That's right. analytics. That's is like point to my next, dome. Next level analytics. That's next level. Now I haven't seen the. Does the Pac-12 have a similar uh, Mount West rule forfeiture? I don't know, but I'll. T- well, I would. I would assume because uh, here. Uh, the unvaccinated were welcome, but you had to be masked up. And I think you had a reveal if you were fully vaccinated in the media. Um, Pac-12, it's nothing. If you're not vaccinated, you can't be there. Hmm. Interesting. But I didn't answer your question. I don't know. I, I mean, that is, that is, that's a very interesting question because what happens in crossover games? Like, who makes the decision? Uh, home team. No. <laughs> the home conference, you think? Yeah. So so the, so all Pac-12 Mountain West matchups, to my knowledge, to my knowledge, are uh, in the Pac-12 venue, so what, the Pac-12 gets to make the call? Yep. Now, UNLV, though, gets to rule the roost when the Cyclones come to town, though. I don't think that's that's the way it works (laughs) at all. I'm glad you mentioned Iowa State. Get back in there. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Is the Big 12 going to disband, or will it add schools like CSU and Wyoming and, you know, maybe maybe Boise, UNLV? What's going to happen? Because you see the rumors out. And a lot of people, you know, Greg Sankey, the SEC, already threw cold water, cold water all over it. You saw that uh, it looks like Oklahoma and Texas are dancing again behind the scenes with the SEC. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I mean, so here's the thing. So if you're adding those two programs that you're talking about, are you doing that in place of Oklahoma and Texas? Because that's, that's not exactly the Well, what I'm saying, yeah, sure. what I'm asking you is if Oklahoma and Texas left for the SEC oh. – does the Big 12 look to add some Mountain West and AAC programs, or does the whole thing fall apart? And, you know, then Kansas is trying to, you know, bid itself into the Big 10, which, by the way, our Kansas City friends were uh, not happy with the fact that when someone was asking about Kansas to the Big 10, I was like, no, stop. <laughs> and I said, I said as, a, as a Big 10 guy, you're not welcome in the Big 10. <laughs> in my conference. My, in my conference. And, of course, they fired back. They're like, really, Rutgers? And I was like, yeah, really? Yes. 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 You're not welcome. Okay, all, all of your nonsense off the court in basketball, you're not welcome. Your football program has no funding, and uh, it's a decent school, but come on. It's the Big Ten. Academics, baby. We don't need any more scandalous schools like Michigan State and Penn State. This is my, by the way, this is my favorite thing to do now because I'm, I'm the halves. Um, yeah, you're a Nets fan. And I can fan. look down at other halves. You're a Nets fan. You're a Rutgers fan. And graduates of Rutgers can actually get out of school in their home state and get a job there because their states aren't dying. Aren't, like, 20 people we know, like, didn't they go to, like, Kansas University? That's why I do this. <laughs> That's why my Kansas rant is always teed up, ready to go. Well, you remember the last, you know, the last time they were talking about, uh, you know, stealing away Oklahoma and Texas, the speculation was Kansas would be, you know, left with nowhere to go and they would have to join the Mountain West Conference, which would be unbelievable on the basketball side and they'd actually compete in football. Yeah, I mean, like if they, in basketball, that might really work out pretty well if you're adding those two schools. I don't know about football, like how much better your conference becomes. I think you're very much in danger of becoming a group of five, or I guess it wouldn't be a group of five at that point, would it? A group of whatever conference. I think there would be, if, if Texas and Oklahoma went to the SEC, then we are starting to look at uh, 16-team super conferences, and I think there would be, I mean, like I said, I think there would be some kind of combination of the remaining Big 12 teams, although I'd kick a bunch out. Uh, AAC and some Mountain West schools. Look, by the time I'm 70, if the world has not fallen apart, it's just going to be two different leagues. There's two massive leagues. One's going to play for a national championship and the other's going to play for whatever they want to call it. Which I don't like that. At all. Me neither. Thanks to the Mountain West Conference for housing the show today and especially the 
Cosmopolitan. John, good job. I know uh, you're doing double duty, so I very much appreciate that. v tonight at 7 o'clock. Tomorrow we're back on at 3 o'clock, our Thursday home, the rest of 2021. Thank you so much. Silver 7s will be out there with a the live show. At Silver 7s, come by and see us. Lots of prizes. Happy hour. <laughs>